everyone. Today we're back with a new special episode of this podcast. Today we're recording our yearly special for the Halloween season, the spooky time for everyone. And of course, join with me is the one and only Treybo. Trey, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? You know, it is I, Azazel as well, and everything ready to hear, Cheryl and everything ready to give you the news. Mm-hmm. And as per our usual specials, we like to introduce a big and vibrant cast of people who not only tell us about their scary moments, but also their knowledge and whatever other random trinkets of information they'll give to you, especially about the spooky season. So, why don't we go down this list? We have three other people joining us today. And first and foremost, Fireborn Duchess. Say what's up for everyone here. Hey guys, uh, this is Fireborn Duchess. Uh, I am outreach and streamer support here in the server. Um, and I am your resident witchy cat lady. <laughs> Alright, second. You guys know him. He's loud, he's annoying, but he's also a great person. Hostile, say what's up. <laughs> First off, I'm not annoying. Um, what's up, guys? <laughs> it's me, Hostile. Uh, I just work here. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one and only. All right, and joining us, a recent addition to the rest team, Enders. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up, guys? Mm-hmm. So, Enders, do you prefer being called Render or Ender? Big question. I'm known as Ender over in um, Res and stuff, but I'm known as Render outside of Res and stuff. My man does both rendering and beating the Ender Dragon. All right, so uh, as I mentioned, today's this Halloween special. We'll be going over various things, but as someone, I brought someone here special today, Fireborn Duchess. Can you tell us a little bit more about this Halloween season and all the spooks that you know of? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, for me, spooky season is year-round. Uh, I love all things creepy and spooky and scary. Um, so this time of the year is my absolute favorite. And not for the pumpkin spice lattes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am a practicing pagan Wiccan. Um, so... This coming weekend is super exciting for me because this is a holiday that, well, you guys refer to as Halloween, but for me, it's called Samhain. Um, Samhain is uh, the Celtic name for the holiday. Uh, it's where the holiday actually comes from. Um, so Samhain is um, the time of the year. Um, it's one of the four fire festivals in the Wiccan pagan tradition. Um this particular festival is um, being thankful for the harvest. And more so than that, uh, this time of year is observed as not only our new year, but also the time of the year where the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to be able to not only honor our ancestors, but also communicate with them. Okay, okay. Um, so this can be celebrated by a number of different things. Um, in my tradition, we set up an ancestor altar with things that remind us of our ancestors, like little trinkets, um, pictures of our ancestors, um, 
different candles and other decorations uh, that remind us of them. And we take time to sit and meditate and just be in their presence. Um, We may pray um, and do other things just to be there and to be with them and to remember them and their energy and their spirit and their journey with us in life. Um, So it really is a beautiful ritual. Um, Some people uh, will go and do what's called a dumb supper. Now, a dumb supper, I mean, the name, but um, (laughs) it doesn't mean you're dumb. Um, So typically speaking with this, um, it's where you set a table setting for a deceased family member. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually just an empty plate and a a bowl, um, silverware and a glass, like just like you would set a table for anybody. Um, Usually you don't serve food in that spot and nobody sits there. Um, in some traditions, you will put an offering of food or drink at that place setting, and then you'll return those things to earth as an offering. Um, Mm. so it depends on your own tradition and like how you choose to practice. Um, one of the great things about Wicca and about the pagan past is that there really isn't a set, like, you have to do this rule. Um, I mean, it's really up to you and your own practice. Um, But mostly for Samhain, it really is about honoring the dead and respecting our ancestors. Um, Now, of course, there are other things in play for Halloween. You guys are familiar with trick-or-treating. The origins of this is actually pretty fun. Um, so this also falls along with Samhain and All Souls Day. So, um, around early 11th, 11th century, yeah, about the 11th century, um, the church designated, uh, November 2nd as All Souls Day. Um, and again, it's a time for honoring the dead. Um, so celebrating, um, this holiday in... England and Scotland, Ireland and Wales, um, you mostly saw things like bonfires and masquerades and other like bright celebrations. Um, And the poor would visit houses of wealthier families um, to Mm -hmm. ask for pastries that are called soul cakes. Um, These would be used to pay as an offering to the dead. Um, And in exchange for these soul cakes, um, they would pray for that family's lost ones. So in exchange for a prayer, you would give this person a cake to give to their ancestors, too. Um, But here's where trick-or-treat comes from. So sometimes you would just give them the cake, but other times they would sing or recite a poem, tell a joke, or perform a trick to earn that cake from you. Mm. Um, So that's where trick-or-treat comes from. And typically, um, these things would be fruit, nut. Um, coins, pastries, other little things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's where all the little candies and things come from, where you guys are running around trick-or-treating. And the costumes, uh, this is also another uh, Celtic tradition. So during this time where the veil is thin, it was believed that demons would roam the earth uh, during this time. 
So a way to protect yourself from being taken by the demons was to disguise yourself as one. Ooh. <laughs> so as you have your little ghosts and goblins running around out here trick-or-treating, um, it's a defense mechanism against the demons roaming the earth looking for a snack. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that's oh. that one. Uh, def, that's one fact I definitely like is the uh, the whole mass deal. Because you back then, especially like even through the nineteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth century, masks were meant to be horrifying to see. Mm-hmm. You don't really see mm-hmm. much of that anymore. But but if you look at old photos, like they were meant to be horrifying. Oh, absolutely. The scarier, the better. Well, I think it's kind of crazy how okay, maybe not just recently, but. You guys remember those like clown scares like last like four Halloween's ago or something like that? Damn. Yes. Oh yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of crazy how I know like several neighborhoods now have like a no clown like outfit like thing now, which I just think it's kind of <laughs> like I don't know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like uh, the idea of like no clowns, and maybe I don't know. Of course, it's tied to, you know, like clown murderers. You know, there's a lot of things like that. Especially in, like, recent... I feel like, uh... What is it? Like, re- like uh, serial killers and, like, true crime. You can see different stories like clown murders and stuff like that. So I wonder, you know, besides the whole it thing, if it has something to do with that, too. I don't know. But I also really like hearing about the whole Wicca thing. Especially about, like, the little, like, uh, family picture stuff like that. Because it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of like, um, you know, Mexico, you know, Mexican and stuff like that, right? So in Mexico, we have a thing called Day of the Dead, right? It's kind of like Halloween, but like not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, instead of the thirty first, it's mostly like the second, the first, second, third, or fourth, sometime around there. And what most people, at least from where I'm from, what they would do is they would like uh, visit graves, like. You know, grandmothers, grandfathers, basically our ancestors. You know, we leave them, like, treats or, like, flowers or stuff, right? That's how my family celebrated it. And I know, like, a lot of people have seen the movie Coco, where, like, people put up what's called an ofrenda, where you basically, like, put up, like, a little, like, shrine, and you put, like, family pictures and stuff like that. You know, Coco, of course, takes some liberties, you know, with the whole... Oh, if you don't have a picture, you don't can't you know can't cross over. But uh, I think it's really nice how like uh, you know different cultures and like stuff like that have like those uh, intermixing, even if it's not whether it is or isn't intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Like the overlap is beautiful. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with the whole idea of like honoring you know ancestors and stuff like that, which I always thought is like an, like a you know an amazing part of like just culture in general right yeah so hostile how, how do you celebrate oh no you're fine <laughs> sorry what did you ask so hostile i know you're from you have like portuguese roots right <laughs> um kind of <laughs> you have like any uh culture like stuff from portugal or are you most like yeah american and stuff like that no i just do the same thing that everyone else does to be fair I mean, it's the day is just another day, to be honest. <laughs> just go trick or treat with. I mean, as for the younger kids, they're trick or treating and tell, like watching scary movies or telling scary stories. So you never had like any like. Uh, I know we talked about this last year, but 
You never had like any like uh weird occurrences during trick or treating or whatever? Mm, I mean um like uh like paranormal stuff or like I don't know, like someone like chasing you down like a crazy alleyway up in the Jersey Shore well, or something. I don't know. <laughs> well no, but when I was like really young there was like a bunch of like gang members in my neighborhood that yeah, was that. threatening to like kill people during Halloween. It was called they were calling it the Halloween massacre. It never ended up happening, obviously, but yeah, there was like a lot of parents didn't want to go outside because of it. Yeah, I can, I can really imagine that. Yeah. So, Andrew, our fellow European, how about you, man? Um, actually, last year, um, mm-hmm. I was, you know, just walking around, and obviously it was dark. There's, you know, trick or treaters out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we decided it would be a good idea to go into the woods um, mm. at this point in time in the pitch black. So we go into the woods in the pitch black, and like there's just people following us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Do they have like any mask or something? Yes, definitely. Oh, of course they do. And so we basically run for our lives, but. What we didn't know where we were going because it was pitch black in there. There was no lights. There was no nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you couldn't really see anything. So we're just there running. We make it out, yeah, and then we further run towards the road where where we knew nothing could happen. But you know that was a scary moment on the day of Halloween as well. Um. You know, and we wasn't expecting anything to happen, but you know, something did, and mm-hmm, yeah, you know, it it always seems like Halloween is one of the scariest nights of your life, you know, and um, where you know people just go out to have fun. Um, I mean, when I was younger as well, there's a lot of people that would follow you, especially being from Britain and stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> so like is like having like uh people following you on Halloween just like a normal day in Britain? Is that what I'm hearing? No, 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 just no, like no. a casual British thing. No, you want a cup I of mean... tea? <laughs> he chases you with like a box of crumpets, throwing like ninja stars. Yeah, no, but in um UK, um, I can I can say that you know. The rule always is people out um, mm-hmm. before and after Halloween. But on the day of Halloween, when I was younger, um, we were just, you know, going knocking on doors, trying to get um, yeah. candy and stuff. And, um, yeah, there was a person following behind us trying to get it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, you know, yeah. we're just kids. We want to, you know, have, have something that we can you know, remember that night by and it, you know, ever since that happened, I haven't really, you know, gone trick or treating since. Um, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of put me off, you know, and, um, you know, it's kind of like that one family guy episode where that guy gets robbed. Um, <laughs> or is it Stewie? I don't know. I haven't watched that episode in a while, but, um, yeah, man, it, it's, you know, it, it's frightening when you get people following behind you in masks and stuff like that. And, you know, they're looking very suspicious and, you know, it just 
makes you ask why you're even out at that time of night when yeah, for sure. stuff like this could happen. But yeah. nothing's happened since um, then, but, you know, I haven't been trick-or-treating since then, so I wouldn't know, you know? Yeah, I guess it kind of relates, you know, how we're talking about the whole clown experience, right? At least in my area, I know people were saying, like, oh, no, these clowns are chasing us, like, and the fact that, you know, they were heavily makeup and stuff, maybe that contributed back to it. But the idea of, like, someone chasing me, especially on, like, you expect no one, like, okay, maybe, like, every other day of the week, maybe, that's fine, right? But Halloween, I feel like that's, like, such a bad, like, uh, it feels worse to be chased down in that day because... You're expecting, oh yeah, there's definitely lots of families and stuff, but the fact that someone was able to actually do that and like, I'm assuming get away with it, I don't know, it just seems more messed up. Because you know they were like, ballsy, I guess. Yeah, and I know from that whole situation as well that many people were faking videos about it on YouTube as well. Um, Oh yeah, no, for sure, 100%. (laughs) And it was scaring more people and... Um, people were actually believing that, you know, I didn't personally believe that stuff was real, but um, people were just spreading it around to make it seem real. Yeah, no, for sure. Did you, uh, Fireborn, did you have anything like that where you lived? The whole clown stuff? Um, it wasn't very prevalent uh, where I live. Uh, there were a few news reports of a few things where, like, okay, there was a clown hanging out outside of a school, um, some goofballs. But, oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds... nothing, like, really super, like, crazy like that. Yeah, no, if they were hanging out of school, they're pretty much asking to be, like, in big trouble. I can only imagine uh, things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, uh, jail time. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Asta, what about you? Um, that was... I used to live in the suburbs next to the hood. If anyone ever did that, they're getting jumped. <laughs> Yeah, but in reality though nobody ever really did any of that in my neighborhoods I, mm-hmm. when I used to watch those videos a lot of those videos looked like it was mainly in like the country and stuff not really in the cities yeah that's kind of that's kind of weird right like you would expect it to be more prevalent in the cities but I feel like if it was true like I guess the city would just cause too much issues to the point that like you said they would get they would get jumped and stuff <laughs> but yeah like not that you mentioned that, I just realized, like, most of them were, like, at weird locations where they're, like, yeah. along, like, l- like a road without any, like, streetlights or whatever. It was also just a coincidence that every time a clown was around, there was someone recording, just coincidentally. Yeah. Well, I feel like that has to be mainly with how, like, prevalent phones have become. You know, if someone found something weird, like, nowadays, right, if you find something weird, whether, like, someone's fighting or just something out of the norm, like, mm-hmm. normal status quo... People just bust out their phone to, I don't know, capture the moment. All right, what about you, Trey? Did you ever have any weird clowns over there in down yonder Alabama no. or whatever? He said down yonder. <laughs> Never at all, really. I mean, the reality of the situation, there is something like that that happens, but it's not clowns. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty. It's kind of like a rural area, but it's pre- it's starting to pre- get pretty developed and everything. So it's basically progressing. So you know, a lot more people moving in and stuff like that. More businesses and everything are starting to flow. <clears throat> One of the biggest realities is, um, you know, especially in the Appalachian part, mm-hmm. it's um, it's very prone for kidnapping, especially like, oh yeah, um, 
especially around Chattanooga and stuff like that. My grandfather was a detective, actually, and he even oh. took he even took part of one of the most renowned cases around this area. Um, Rome, Georgia, a girl got abducted from a arcade by a couple, and then they found her actually not far from where I live and everything, and they basically found her there in a motel, and she was in like you know she had all that stuff done to her and everything. Yeah, it's definitely, and even then today it's still kind of prevalent here. Not just not many people talk about it anymore. Yeah, like I feel like so I remember reading something about this like not too long ago, but like the Appalachian general is just something like scary when you really start to think about it. A, it's like the oldest mountain range in North America, and that, it's yeah. older than like it's a old, lot of things. It's old. They're older. The mountains are older than dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Like, think about that. I don't know. That just feels freaky to me. The Appalachians are like a cosmic entity at this point for me. Yeah, I live pretty close, and uh, I have family that lives in the region. And I mean, it's like a whole different world when mm-hmm. you go into the Appalachian area. Like, the people who have been living there for generations, like, they're a completely different culture. Yeah, that's how it yeah. feels like yeah. for sure. This is just a joke. This is why the Brits hate the mountain people. Exactly. <laughs> the mountain people were what scared the Brits back in during the American Revolutionary War. <laughs> but yeah, Appalachia are scared, and I feel like uh, I remember going back into uh, back during like last Halloween. I always go on these binges of just like horror stuff. I feel like a lot of people can relate with that, right? Uh, STP. <laughs> yes. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, whether it was SCP, just random general horror stories, which, by the way, we're probably going to tell some later on. Um, uh-huh. Look, foreshadow- foreshadowing. Uh, I remember reading, coming across this podcast. That was called, like, Ancient Gods of Appalachia, right? I haven't finished it, but it just kind of got me thinking about, like, th- you know, I say this word loosely, but in this case, I guess it feels more appropriate. There's a lot of lore, <laughs> lore in the Appalachia, right? Oh There's yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, do y'all know any of it? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a, are we talking? So, are we talking? I'm like, I'm gonna give you some advice here. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna be in the mountains, if you heard someone calling your name, no, you didn't. <laughs> and if you see what you think is a deer, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, never whistle. Um, yeah, in the forest. That. Do not whistle in the forest, ever. So, um, Especially not at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and do not turn your back to a dark forest. Always leave facing the forest. So tell me a little bit about this whistling thing. I heard this before. Wait, can you tell me a little bit about... Does it have to do with a certain uh, flesh runner situation? Yeah, it's the uh, thing which we shall not name. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Speaking of it, uh, is believed to summon it. Mm -hmm. Um, And these particular creatures that shall not be named um, are believed by uh, many indigenous cultures uh, and uh, the people in Appalachia that these things uh, can shapeshift into different creatures and even people. Mm. Um, There have been people who absolutely swear that they have seen them. Um, They are often characterized um, 
as you'll hear a disembodied voice. This voice sounds like someone you know. Um, they may be calling your name from the woods, up in the trees. Don't listen to that, mm. because that might be your death. Um, get inside, and you saw nothing. <laughs> it's basically like a like cognito hazard or something. Uh, pretty much. I feel like there's a lot of like lore. I know Trey was trying to say something. So wait, Trey, what were you trying to say? It's basically kind of related to what she was pretty much pointing out. I mean, it just depends. Are you talking about the official online lore, or are we talking about stories in general? Because technically, they're a bit of both. And when bit mm-hmm. of both are cross-referenced and everything, there tends to be obviously some truth to them. Like, there is definitely mm-hmm. a lot of kidnappings <coughs> and, and all that. Like, it's a plague around, especially in my area, the Tennessee Valley. Mm-hmm. So yeah, see represent. <laughs> no, but for sure. Uh, remember hearing? I'm. I heard that thing about the whole whistling thing like a while ago, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm so glad I can't whistle." <laughs> like that's one of the things uh, I'm blessed with, I guess, the inability to whistle. So y'all, remember to keep these things in mind. Don't whistle. Don't turn your back to a dark forest. And what else? Uh, if you heard your name coming from somewhere, you didn't hear it. And, and if you run. think you saw a deer, <laughs> no, you fucking didn't. So, actually, speaking about the deer thing, do you guys think it has something to do with the fact that deer are so prevalent, or do you think it has to do something with, uh, more, that these creatures just tend to be, uh, what's the right word, related to these so quadrupedal creatures? It's a pretty interesting topic, because... A little bit of both. <laughs> Yeah, it's a per- it's definitely an interesting topic because um, actually an interesting fact about the Appalachians is most of those people were descendants of people from like you know the Nordic region of Europe and stuff like that. So sometimes mm-hmm. they they brought their pagan relations and stuff like that to the Appala- Appalachia, and one of the pagan religions also they glorify deer because you know they see them like elk and stuff like that and there is elk on the Appalachia um not many people know that and there are a lot of bears <clears throat> as well but that's definitely one of the things like you know that's where the skinwalker um idea comes from is oh, he said it he said it he said it oh, <laughs> oh guys oh, right. no. thank you guys uh Trey oh, seems to be cutting in and out <laughs> <laughs> no, Rest in peace, Trey. <laughs> Alright, sorry, Trey. Keep going. Is Trey still here? I think he's con- disconnecting. Guys, he's disconnected. Oh no. <laughs> it's right oh, you hear it like static? Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Trey, are you there? Trey, for real, are you there? Trey, Trey just, he's gone. Alright. Well, oh, guys. <laughs> Well, that just happened. That was it. Was fast. It didn't even take a few minutes. So he just he's just gone. <laughs> Hi Poor guys, guy. it's Trey. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> How are you guys? Hello, uh, hello, very funny. Hi, I'm normal. <laughs> hello, I listen to human music. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Uh, Real Trey, quote quote. Uh, what's more to learn about these certain flesh runners? 
Uh, I mean, base. It's like you know, it's like I was saying with religion. They dressed in the skulls and the skin and stuff like that. It's basically, people that just glorified hunting really well. They basically worship the animals they hunt. It's kind of like mm-hmm. um, you know, and also in this region as well in the Appalachia, it used to be held a lot of Indian tribes, and the tribes here. They didn't. They wouldn't like the ones, you know, out in the Great Plains where they constantly traveled. They settled here, like especially Cherokee Creek and Choctaw and the ones like that. Yeah. <laughs> they also took part in that, especially with like the deer outfits and everything. So that's kind of like yeah. where the whole thing comes from because they ended up resorting to can. Um, some of the sex resort to the uh, cannibalism, and you know that's where the whole idea of flesh runners come from. Mm-hmm. Guys, okay, guys, he's saved. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Uh, so I know. Go back to the quick note you mentioned about Nordic. Isn't there a thing where like Nordic cultures, at least I think I remember hearing, was Vikings would like wear animal pelts to kind of go berserk or something like that. I don't know if that was true. I just remember reading that like a while like, years ago. I don't know much about that part. Yeah, no, if that's true, that will be, like, an interesting connection. Damn. <laughs> I'll just say this. A lot of, like, with, like, the Nordic culture, mm-hmm. um, they wore fur um, almost more so as a statement of affluence and social status. But yeah. um, in some beliefs, um, they would take on aspects of those animals that they were wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, every animal had its own symbolism, like deer, uh, typically associated, you know, with, I believe it was purity. Um, bears were for strength and ravens, uh, or crows were, um, a symbol of wisdom. Um, there's different, uh, symbolisms ascribed to different animals and wearing those, uh, furs or feathers or other things, um, they would take on those qualities of those animals. Okay, nice, nice. So maybe there is a connection after. <laughs> well, apparently not so much. It's more like a uh, superficial connection, but you know, who knows? But yeah, it's very interesting. Like, I feel like not just the lore, but you know, just random connections to connect between cultures. So I know I mentioned it earlier. So I'm going to use a segue sequence. So we talked about cultures and the horror stuff from it. Let's talk about more like uh, the horrors of humanity's like storytelling, right? You know, we kind of mentioned a few right now, uh, whether you know they're nonfiction or fiction. So I want to ask you guys, what what's horror for y'all? We're just gonna go down the list. So Trey, for you, what's the best example of horror? Usually, people consist horror of like darkness. Yeah. Like, things that are taboo, like, give you an uneasy feeling and stuff like that. Basically, yeah. you know, it's the it's evil. It, it puts you in, basically into a way of, like, going down darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, Fireborn, what's your, exa- what's your example or your best definition for horror? To me, what really defines horror... Um... Is the stuff that will shock and disgust and terrify you. Yeah. And these things are almost like 
caricaturized versions of the most evil and insane and just unthinkable evils of humanity. Um, Things that are innate in the worst humans, but amplified in such a way that it's just, it's grotesque. Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely attest to the whole, like, grotesque thing. I remember uh, when I first started watching, what was it? I remember it was a movie. No, it was a show. There's this show on, um, you, I guess it's not really fair to call it a show. It's more like a series, I guess. Called the Mandela Catalog. I don't know if you guys have seen it or whatever. But they show, like, depictions of body horror. Mostly just in uh. a dis- deformation of, like, the human uh, visage. So, like, sometimes you see, like, uh, it's the... So, Mandela Catalog, it's like a quote-unquote catalog catalog, uh, describing events in the Mandela County in this fictional place. And there's a lot of, like, uh, messages and stuff like that, but I feel like the main attraction to it are these, like, things called um, alternates, where, like, they try to take the visage and looks of a human, right? And sometimes they don't do it correctly, and you see amalgamations where, like, uh, basically, uh, the whole face just, just doesn't look correct, right? Whether it's like, oh, you know, maybe their eyes are just slightly too big, or maybe instead of their head being regular size, it's elongated, stuff like that. It's a really interesting and cool series. And it really goes to the whole VHS found tapes, what's commonly referred to as, what was the name called? Found footage? Yeah, found footage. Yeah. Like, found footage hard type thing, which I feel like it's really cool how that's kind of grown over the years, too, on YouTube. But yeah, it's a definitely interesting show. I think I forced Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, you watch it? And she got freaked out. I think I almost forced Trey, but he didn't actually watch it. But if you guys ever get the chance to, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's definitely a really interesting show. So, continuing Hostile, what's your definition of horror? I think, um, based on what, uh, Dutch of Fireborn said and um Trey said to be fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like a lot of uh the surreal and the the surreal and the mundane. Like it just anything that looks up, right? anything that looks real is like scary as shit, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a really interesting concept, right? Like if uh I feel like for something to really be like terrifying it kinda has to have some grounded aspects, right? Like the Xenomorph, yeah. you know, it, it's scary. Apparently, I remember reading that when Xenomorph first came out, people were, like, freaking out about it or something like that. Back in the down yonder years of yesterday or something. I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember hearing about, like... But nowadays, you know, uh, Xenomorphs tend to be, like, more like a... Oh, uh, you know, that's cool. Like a cool design, right? right? But, yeah. If Xenomorphs have to be grounded in some way, right? So... The whole idea of parasites, kind of like the thing popping out from your chest, that's grounded in some, you know, real-life scenarios where we see stuff popping out from other creatures' chest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so finally, Ender, my fellow European, what's your definition of horror? Like, stuff that gets you scared and stuff like that, you know, um, you know, that actually makes you, like, shiver when you Watching something, listening to something, or whatever it may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for sure. So, using this uh, sequence, let's talk about certain stories, whether it's in our life or that you heard, that kind of encompasses this idea of horror, right? And, you know, it could be something you made up on the spot or something you've heard from a friend or something you experienced yourself. But what's something within the past however many years that you've been alive that you found truly horrifying, right? Kind of encompassing that whole idea of the surreal and within the real. So, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start myself. I, as I mentioned, I've been like, I guess the heart right word would be a horror junkie for the last couple months. It's not necessarily that I like being scared or whatever. I just like the, I guess the right word would be aesthetic or the ideas behind horror. You know, the whole like thrill and stuff like that. So I've done several deep dives into like horror stories like that, right? But one story to me that always kind of keeps coming back to me, and I think I sent this to Trey and Ender the other day, just because of how it just kept coming, kept coming back to my head, was a story called like psychosis, right? So, uh, do you guys know what psychosis is? Like the actual medical term, just so, just so I can like uh, gauge whether if y'all know or not. I'm gonna take that as a no. <laughs> So, from a psychological stance, um, psychosis is described as a uh, basically having delusions and living living without being in reality, right? It usually tends to be whether from trauma or something else. Usually uh, encompassing, you know, hallucinations, whether it's auditorial or visual, right? So this story, keeping that in mind, this story kind of delves into that it starts off with a guy who's like a web developer or something like that just you know living in a rundown basement apartment like he, he's like you know living life you know college student vibes you know trying to make ends meet and he gets a uh, remote job basically like helping with like finance or something at this you know really superficial probably shady company but you know it gets the bills done and paid whatever right however you know, life like this, especially when you're at the computer for so long, can get really mundane and I guess the right word would be depressing, right? You don't see anyone, you're in the basement, so you have zero windows, like what can you do? So this guy decides, you know what? Let me go outside and touch some grass, right? Only to figure out the day he tries to go outside, it's raining and it's dark and he's not in the mood. So he tries calling up his friend a girl he met back in university or something like that, and, you know, they start trying to get in contact, but at first, she doesn't pick up. So he's like, oh, well, that's weird. But then he gets a call back from a random number. He's like, oh, that's weird, okay. He answers, and he's like, uh, hello? The other person... Uh, doesn't answer back. He's like, hey, yo, this is... And then he says his name and stuff like that, right? Well, I just forgot the name, so I'm just going to call him, like, Jason. Hello, yo, this is Jason. Is this... Who is this? And the person responds, oh, wrong number, and hangs up. A few seconds later, the friend he's been trying to get in contact with comes back, calls back, saying, yo, Jason, where, how are you? He realizes, oh, this is a weird number. I've never seen this. They're like, oh, yeah, my my phone died. 
my phone died. Can uh, you know, I'm out here partying. You know, yeah. And they start talking. He's like, oh, you know, uh, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm at this location. He's like, oh, cool. That's like a few minutes away from me. And they start talking, going back and forth, saying, oh, yeah, you know, how's life? You know, I've just been vibing. I've been down here working. But I feel like I want to do something else, right? And, you know, after a few minutes, he hangs up. He's like, all right, you know, I have plans for this week. Fast forward a little bit. He keeps trying to do some more work. And all the while, he starts thinking, huh. You know, I've been down here for so long, I'm starting to be, like, weird about things, right? Just recently, I was scared of going out of my room because, well, I don't know. I just feel weird about it, right? For Going forward, as he's finishing up his work and about ready to sleep, he gets an email saying, Have you seen anyone with your eyes recently? And this just kind of gets him thinking, like, what? <laughs> like, what is this random email trying to say, right? Like, is there a certain fact about this or any difference? But he starts thinking, well, I've been down here this whole time. No one, I haven't really seen anyone yet. And he kind of starts going into this loop of like, well, that could just be a random people. But he sent this to many people, but what could this mean? So he starts doing his own little shtick of messaging people. He starts to realize, like, oh, wait, my friends aren't even online, right? But he ends up, like, saying, oh, wait, one of my friends is online. And they start talking. You know, a few hours go by. They pretty much talk about nothing. But he notices that his friend is kind of, like, off, I guess, you know. He's usually a chatty, a chatty caddy. But now he's just, like, kind of monotone, kind of just there. But they're, like... Alright, yeah, I'm gonna hang out. I'll catch you later. And then he keeps still thinking about it, but he's like, Well my friend's gonna come over, we're gonna go get some pizza or something. Only for him to drop things as they are. Because he starts to kinda of realize that the whole mess that is talking about seeing someone with your eyes and for the last couple weeks Yeah, I hasn't seen a single person with his own eyes, right? It's all been through, like, digital sequences or something like that. And it gets to the point that he's so suspicious and paranoid about everyone else that he starts to go into, like, a downward spiral where, like, he starts to believe there's something unmocked against every other person, right? Whether it's, like, uh, they're taking over or they're, like, scrambling digital signals or whatever. And it comes to a close where, like, um, his friend, the one he talks to the other day, kind of tries to get him to come outside saying, hey, you're acting weird, just come outside, we'll go take a break or go talk or something. He starts getting paranoid. And he comes to the realization that everything that she has told him uh, has been things that he has somehow cataloged in a digital sequence, right? That random number, the first time, got his name, his talk with his um, friend right after. They got the they got his address, you know, stuff like that. His talk with his friend, he got a lot more information regarding his own social living. And then just realizing that everything he's been writing down in this notebook has been within the view of a webcam. 
So at this point, he's freaking out, saying, no, no, get out, get out. You're not going to come take me. And in, like, a defiant manner, he decides, like, the only way to rid himself is not because he hasn't seen anyone with his eyes, but rather they get people when they see them with his eyes or something like that. And he decides, well, the only thing to do is pluck at his eyes. And thus, the story kind of ends at this sequence where he's basically blind, being taken care of in, like, a psych ward. And all the time, he's trying to, uh, he doesn't know whether the world has been taken over or whether the world is just how it is and always was. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of paraphrasing it, but that was a story that really stuck out to me, especially over the past couple months in my junk junkie phase so yeah do y'all have any stories you want to tell or something uh sure i've got one i hit us uh now this one uh, i actually did uh share in the spooky stories uh section and this is actually something that happened to me oh all right let's hear it all right so growing up in a small two-story home uh in virginia suburbia um, you know, I grew up with my parents and my older brother. And, you know, like most brothers, brothers like to pick on their little sisters. Um, you know, he'd always tell stories about monsters and other creepy things. And, you know, I would come to find out that one of these stories was real. Um, so I think at some point, all of you guys have had that panic, like when the lights turn off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you turn the light off in the basement, it's like, Oh my god, (laughs) you know? Um, A lot of kids are afraid of the dark. So, you'll run upstairs and close the door behind you. Everything's safe, the monster can't get you, right? Well, of course, um, there wasn't anything there, but in our minds, we had no idea what was in the darkness. I mean, anything. I mean, Dracula could be down there for all we knew. Now, my older brother would tell me that if I didn't get up the stairs fast enough, Mr. Miner would get me. So Hmm. every time I made my way back up the stairs after grabbing the laundry from my mom, it would be a freaking sprint to get up the (laughs) stairs and close the door behind me. I was safe as long as the door was closed. Well, I started seeing a shadow person lurking in the corners of the basement laundry room and in the unfinished bathroom. Um, This figure was tall and obviously dark, being a shadow, and wore a wide-brimmed hat, kind of like a farmer's hat. Um, This shadow would stand there motionless, but then when you would turn toward it, it would disappear. And I had no idea what to think about it. I mean, being little, it didn't make sense to me. I just know I saw something in the corner of my eye, and then it vanished. Well, the sightings weren't very frequent to start with, but over the years, I started seeing him more and more frequently, and in different areas of the basement than just, you know, the corner of that playroom, spare room, and in the corner of the laundry. Sometimes I would see him out in the basement den. Um, It just kind of depended, but um, I, I had a feeling of unease when I was down there by myself. I really didn't like being down there. Um, my brother was, well, a brother. He was cruel. 
he would wait for me to get the laundry from the laundry room, and then he would start flickering the lights and screaming about Mr. Minor. And, of course, it would scare the absolute shit out of me. So, I grabbed the clothes and ran up the stairs and shut the door. I was safe as long as the door was shut. Or so I thought. So one night, um, I woke up because, you know, sometimes, like, you kind of feel like someone's watching you. Yeah. Like, you feel like someone's there in your room, and, like, you wake up. Well, I had that feeling one night. And I looked around my room, and I didn't see anything. I turned my light on, looked around, checked my closet. Oh, there's nothing there. Fine. So I turned the light back off, and I went to the bathroom because I was already up. Um, I figured I'd go to the bathroom and then just go get some water. Well, I went back to the kitchen, and when I went to the kitchen, my room's right there outside the kitchen. It's just across the hall. Um, I saw a dark figure in front of my window. Mm. I was horrified. So I ran back to my parents' room and woke up my dad. And I made him come to my room to look because there was a shadow in my room that didn't belong there. I was scared. Well, dad came and looked and it was gone. So I went back to sleep. Um, And that wouldn't be the last time I saw the shadow figure upstairs. Um, Over the next couple of months after that incident, these sightings had increased in frequency. Um, and there would be other weird things happening around the house, like the doorbell ringing by itself with no one there. Um, a coffee mug got chucked off of a counter when there was no one near it. Um, and the cat, she would absolutely puff up, arch her back, her tail poofed up, and she would just hiss at nothing. And she acted like she was absolutely terrified by something, and we couldn't see it. And, you know, Mom usually just wrote that off as her being a cat. But cats don't usually just freak out over nothing. Well, finally, uh, my dad had a friend of his who was a pastor uh, come over and bless the house. Um, I got a cross and a dream catcher to hang in my room. Mm -hmm. Well... After that, uh, the sightings became a rarity, um, and it seemed to just be isolated back down to the basement again. A few years later, uh, when I was a high school senior, um, you know, I was coming home from school. Uh, my school was only about three blocks away, so I mean, just quick walk. And every afternoon, I would get the mail out of the mailbox um, on our porch, and you know. I snagged the mail as usual and started sorting through the mail. What's mine? What's my brother's? What's dad's? What's junk? You know, the usual. And a piece of mail caught my eye. The name on the piece was Carl Miner. Mm. So I did some research because I got very curious. Um, I went down to the Thomas Balsh Library in Leesburg, which is where I lived. Mm-hmm. Um they had a lot of like the old town records and things like that. They had uh, old copies of deeds and things. Um, so me being nosy, I went down there to go do some digging. Well, it turned out that Mr. Carl Miner was a very real person. 
Um, he had owned the house before my family had moved in. Um, and he had died in the living room from lung cancer in 1983. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is my real-life ghost story. Damn. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I don't know. <laughs> I would not like to be in that house. The instant I heard about like any sort of ghost or any sort of events like that. Yeah, I'm still a little bugged out going to my parents' house. Um, <laughs> I, I I still won't go in that basement. I feel that. I, I, don't, I don't think I could. Like once I heard any like thing, I was just like, all right, I'm out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely scary. All right. Well, Trey, before we wrap up this half, do you have any story you want to share? No, I'm fine. All right, Hostile Ender? No, I don't have anything. No, me neither. All right, well, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we'll be back in a few. What's up, everybody? Here we go back. We still got Duchess. We still got Hostile. We got the Ender, and we also have Ray Blast. So you yep. know, we just ended right before the ad break, telling some horror stories and stuff like that. So basically, kind of wanted to describe my experience with the quote-unquote paranormal, just for a little bit. It won't be too long. Basically, we, my family is on this house, and it was definitely um, built in around since like the 1950s. So it's an old house and everything, but it's still it's still livable and all that. <clears throat> and it's it's right on the mountains for sure. You know, I live in Appalachians and everything. Now there has been a few deaths at this house, and some of the big things I remember from this place is I used to have a lot of dreams, and um, I do have family that still lives there, so they can also one of them can also confirm that you know they had dreams too, like will be having dreams of dealing with a ghost or a demon in a sense while in a dream but the dream is inside the house so you know there's definitely been a lot of weird ones of those and everything and then some um sometimes we see like shadows and pitch black darkness and everything now basically to kind of wrap it up a little bit this is probably like the only place ever in my life and i've been all across pretty much across the world and everything I've never seen pitch black other than my old old house, especially with the lights off. Now, granted, it may be because it's in the woods and stuff like that, and mostly other places I lived at, it's you know that's lit and stuff like that. But even with the full moon out and everything, this place is just like pitch black, and it doesn't matter if it's inside or outside. So there's also that. Yeah. But I think we're getting unstarted with uh, old Ender Raps here and Ray Blast. Yes, sir. So, Ender, are you there? Yeah. So as we're uh, starting to wrap up this half of the, um, you know, the monthly Reload podcast Halloween special, I want to talk about a few things relating to Reload right quick. So first and foremost, introduce yourself once more. Um, I'm Ender. Hello, guys. Yep. <laughs> so, Ender here, he's been hard at work in the last, in the past couple weeks with us on a very special project. 
this special project involves um, basically the music side of content creation and development. So, in terms of that, Ender, explain to us a little bit about what you've been working on the last couple, several weeks. Like, getting industries so you can get help with music and stuff like that, really. You know, getting royalty-free beats that you can use on streaming platforms, help with mixing and looking for features, and just general help and feedback on music. Yeah. As mentioned, he's been hard at work with us. We've been in collaboration with several uh, groups. And uh, recently, Ender came with us saying, hey, um, I have this great idea. And we started working together. As such, uh, we've been working together. And right now, they're on the verge of releasing their new album, if I'm correct. Yep. So what is that album and when does it come out? The album is Tales of the Dark Nights 2. A follow-up from the last album that we did, which was about love and, you know, generally getting heartbroken and stuff like that. We wanted to take a different approach with this one and just, you know, just rap on it and, um, you know, make it sound as best as we could with the time frame that we had to get the album done. And I think that we nailed the sound on it. And it drops on Halloween the 31st of October. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. And as a special for Halloween, uh, we're planning on probably... We're definitely going to promote it here in the Reload server for those of y'all who are with us. And we might have a special events coming up in relation to it. And of course, the Halloween itself. But yeah, so... Um, I guess my question to you, Ender, is what can we expect from you in this project going forward? To help people with their music and mixing and getting it better and stuff like that. You can expect more music from me solo and with the Dark Knights duo and stuff like that. Right, nice, nice, nice. Alright, and um, I guess if you were going to sell yourself any like your music, how would you describe it in like a few words? Um, depressing, sad, <laughs> and just stuff people can relate to. Yes, sir. Uh, Fireborn, Hasta, do you have any questions for him? No, I don't. Uh, actually, yes, I have a few. Alright, what... Shoot them. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess what, like, what first got you into music? I mean, this is gonna sound um, like a cap, to be honest. But I remember I was dealing with really bad anxiety at the time back in 2019, and I was having panic attacks practically every day, and um, I, I started listening to. Breathing by Ariana Grande, actually. And, um, you know, I just started, you know, writing more and more than I did before because I've been writing since I was a kid. I started writing more and more and more and um, found ways to record. So I recorded, put my stuff on SoundCloud, you know, YouTube, stuff like that. And as time went on, kind of improved 
platform where I was at that point in time because back then um, it, it was just a mess back then. So with the recent music that I have left on streaming platforms and stuff like that is the stuff that I'm most happy with and that um, the stuff that I actually like that I've made. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, of all the tracks that you have recorded so far, um, what would you say is the one that you've had the most fun with, and what was your inspiration for it? I mean, Runaway 2 um, was definitely the most fun. You know, we... Um, at, at the time, there was something going down, and one of my homies that is a really good musician that recently quit um, hit me up, and he was like, let's do a remix of your track, Runaway, because the first version is rubbish, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And we did it, and it turned out like one of the best tracks that was ever made between us, and, you know, we... We loved it, and we released it, and it got so much po- positive feedback. Um, and till this day, that is one of my best tracks. Uh, so, last question for me: um, So, do you think you're going to pull a Machine Gun Kelly and uh, break <laughs> into the pop punk scene? I mean, I actually have done pop punk music. There is oh, cool! Ones. I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, the, um, yeah, there is pop punk music over on my second, or where well, I put post all my throwaways um, on that Spotify um, and stuff like that. But you know, every time we attempted it, it just didn't sound right. You know, but um, I've been working with an artist recently that's really good at rock, pop punk, you know, punk and stuff like that. And we are we're definitely working on getting a little EP out that is pop punk and stuff like that. The last pop punk song I did was called Tattoos and it was on my recent album, solo album. And that is probably one of the best we have had, uh, you know, working on a pop punk song. I'll have to check that out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I guess to kind of wrap this up, uh, Andrew, had, as again. Oh, uh, sorry. I had some questions myself, so. All right, shoot them. All right. So, Enders, so um, me and you had talked about before about, you know, making beats, selling them to um, other people and royalty-free music and stuff like that. Um, what's your big game for that? Like, your big game plan? So... Obviously, I'm going to get into producing a little bit more when, obviously, I have some free time and not working on, like, the mixtape that I'm exclusively going to release in res here in a few weeks to months. Probably going to drop that in res early 2023. Um, But after um, that's done, I'm probably going to work on, you know, getting better at producing and make some beats that will be sold of wearing res, you know, some that I can give away so people can use and make music on them. You know, maybe buy some 
you know, actual licenses to beats, you know, maybe put a verse on them and then, you know, let people use it for free on streaming platforms and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, when it comes to royalty free, I'm definitely going to release an album or something like that that has all the royalty-free music that you can use on stream um, or a playlist, and that will be posted in the Res server as well. Right, nice, nice, nice. Any more questions? Nope, that's it for me. Alright. Well, as we wrap up this final act of our Halloween special, uh, I wanted to say, again, uh, thank you to everyone who has stopped by. This past year for Res has been a big one. And, of course, uh, we have a lot more things to do as we close out the year. So, as we're about to do this, um, once again, Fireborn, do you have anything you want to add regarding anything? (laughs) Uh, yes, I think uh, you had wanted me to talk a little bit about the uh, stream support side. Um, yeah. So, um, my role mostly with uh, Res and Thunderdome, um, I work with outreach and streamer support. So you might see me buzzing around some of the Twitch channels, uh, hanging out in the chats, um, retweeting some of your things on Twitter. So uh, if you are on Twitter... Uh, Go ahead and follow TD Stream Support. Uh, that is the handle for the official Thunderdome Stream Support channel, um, sure. where we will help you guys, uh, you know, boost your outreach. Um, you know, essentially as a signal boost for your going live posts or any other really interesting content you might want to share with the rest of the world. Um, we're going to do what we can to help boost your views. If you guys have goals you're trying to meet, like your uh, affiliate push or even a partner push, um, absolutely let us know, and uh, we're going to try to help you meet those goals. Um, I am currently working on a um, template where I'm going to be doing streamer spotlights. Uh, I want to do every week or maybe every other week um, to highlight different streamers in our community, um, people you might not have been acquainted with yet. Um, you may not have run into them, but they're excellent streamers and people you really should check out um, because these guys are on the move. They are on the grind and have some really interesting content for you. Um, so you'll be seeing these popping up. Um, and if you have nominations, please hit my inbox. Um, I am Fireborn Duchess hashtag 0001 on the, uh, Discord. Um, I am happy to take nominations for those deserving streamers, people who need a spotlight because their content is just awesome. Um, and also, um, you can hit me up for streaming tips, uh, advice, um, and I will give you the most non-biased advice I could possibly give you. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what I have to offer as outreach and stream support. And as always, if you have suggestions or anything to, uh, improve that service, um, let me know. And yeah, that's basically my spiel. Nice, nice, nice. 
Once again, that, that is TD Stream Support. Yes. Make sure y'all check that out. Hostel, you want to have anything? I will the first hundred people. Yes, sir. Ma'am. <laughs> Hostel, Did do you want to say genders? I know. How rude. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You and her, I guess we. Yeah. But everyone have a nice Halloween. All right, should I have a few more things to say? Yes, sir. All right, what's up? Um, I said I have a few more things to say. Also, mm-hmm. in the coming months, I'm going to work on, you know, getting upcoming artists' distribution to streaming platforms uh, and stuff like that, really. Um, but it's, it's going to take a little bit to be able to get that stuff done. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm I'm done. Right. Well, for me, once again, I want to promote the Res VPN. As you guys know, there's a lot of instances where there's hackers or just people trying to get your information and stuff like that. VPNs are a good means of protecting not only yourself, but also all the information that you hold, right? We don't want to have weird people looking at your dog pictures or whatnot, right? So, yeah, uh, if you guys want to get the Res VPN. (laughs) <laughs> Not the dog pictures. Never the Stay dog away pictures. from my cat pics. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get the res VPN, head up us and the reload server, and coming soon on our website. But yeah, that's my shtick for the most part. As we closed off this, once again, we want to wish you guys a happy Halloween. And we can't wait to see what's going to come up with these few new things called Thanksgiving and Christmas. But yeah, once again, I'll catch y'all later. This is Ray joining with Trey, Fireborn, Hostile, and Ender. And yeah, have a good time, good night, good day, whatever. We'll catch y'all later. We will catch you guys. See ya. See ya. Alright, nice, nice, nice.